there are some core elements that are required to be great as a management consultant that I found work exceptionally well within a startup. You become a weapon at problem solving, that bulletproof problem solving. You become a weapon at leading change management and you have gone through the fire (laughs) of what it takes to communicate well to execs. Welcome to Startup Jobs, a podcast where we explore all the different jobs in a tech startup. What exactly are they and what have we learned from scaling teams from the inside? While most startup content focuses on the founder or investor or specific area like marketing, this show is about accelerating your personal and career growth journey in whatever startup job is best for you. Yeah, exactly, Kai. Like This show is about you. We want you to be the very best that you can be. Hey, Mike. Hey. What's up? Good. I'm pumped. I was going to like do some sort of Jay-Z thing saying, hey, turn my music high, high, higher, but I can't hear anything. No, because uh, um, we have one pair of headphones today. We're, That's we're, all right. We're making it work. That's right. You know, it's the it's, magic of in person. Yeah, exactly. And we'll um, play that. We'll play that song for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep it up our sleeves. Today. Now that we know that Jay-Z doesn't sue us from a previous episode. Yeah. yeah so we, can just, song, yeah. we just keep running the albums, <laughs> you know, just go through the catalog now. Um, <laughs> um so today we are, is it's actually an interesting title. Um, mm. You know, if you've clicked on this, it's a bit provocative. You might be wondering, you know, these guys, these are these guys are startup lovers. You know, right. they, they talking love, about startup jobs. They love the scrappiness, right? You know, not the not the structure, right? Um, but today we're we're not hating on, we're no. loving on management consulting. And management consulting's great. Uh, and and there's a few reasons we're talking about it, mm. uh, and a few things we'll get into. But firstly, let's. Let's just start with, hey, what does a management consultant do? Where do they exist in the world? Um, for mm. those folks that um, maybe aren't super close to that kind of job or, or that, that industry. Mm. Well, maybe before I answer, what was your perception of management consulting maybe before you got a bit of exposure to it here? So I think my understanding is, hey, you've, you're a big company and you know maybe even the government. Um, mm-hmm. and you're this big organization and you've got lots of smart people in your team, but you have mm-hmm. this real specific problem in this specific area of your business. Uh, and maybe someone in your team, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's no one really well placed to, to run that and do the analysis and um, put a plan in place. And, and, and so you go somewhere else, you go external mm. to a firm, you know, the big four in Australia or, you know, over, overseas, um, and you hire someone in, they come in, they maybe bring a team, they've got a bunch of resources they use and they solve business problems for mm-hmm. you externally, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're acting in a consultative way where they come in and sort of serve your business. Mm. Um, mm. And then, you know, for a career path, it's interesting because you, you work on, you know, big problems, more, you know, problems you wouldn't have had exposure to right. at that level of your career you know, probably not in management consulting, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the table with interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a wide range of exposure because you're working with lots of different companies and different problems over a mm-hmm. career, you know, three months here, nine months there. Um, you, you, you had this, you, you had this nuanced view of management consulting at 17 before I, coming to Zipline. I, I actually think so. And, that, oh, right. I, and, and to humbly, yes, because I think, um, yeah, there was, it's certainly something I'd like briefly explored mm-hmm. um, 
you know, coming out of sort of school and mm. having a couple of sort of older friends who'd actually gone down that path. Yeah, okay. Brief understanding. Yeah, so it's changed while I've been here and we'll get into that. Mm. But what's your definition? Um, no doubt more refined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like ultimately what management consulting – and look, the, I think it's not consulting. So consulting is a big, broad umbrella. So management consulting is quite specific. Um the gold standard for management consulting is McKinsey. I think McKinsey has something like 60, 70% of the wallet share in um, management consulting. It's certainly the fastest growing um, org. And then like BCG, Boston Consulting, Bain & Co. Um, you know, there are a few others that would be there. Uh, and then, yes, you're right, the big four, like traditional accounting, the PwCs and the Deloitte's, you know, they, they also do some management consulting, but it's not their bread and butter. Like McKinsey really, like you know, is the gold standard. Um, and really what they're very good at is analyzing um, business problems and figuring out the right way to solve those relative to the company's goals right now, which is a simple abstract, you know. Um, but when you actually think about it, let's just say we were running a company and, um, you know, we'd launched a new market, Japan, five years ago, and it's just like way behind plan. Like you may hire a management consultant to just say, hey, why is the sales in Japan half of what we thought it would be? So it's actually a very simple question. Yeah. Um, and when you ask people internally, people are like, oh, well, you didn't hire enough people or right. you didn't spend enough money on advertising or didn't pay us the enough. product, <laughs> yeah, or the product's not localized enough. Like there'd be all these various opinions um, and there would also be these various data points but how to kind of like synthesize why is sales in Japan you know half of what we thought or another one would be hey like our our time to um, deliver um, let's just say you're a company that like delivered stuff um, like our time to get things out of the warehouse delivery is like gone up by 30% in the last six months yeah. you know um, like why is that like very very simple question um, or hey like because of some broader market changes, like we need to find a million and a half in operating expense savings. Otherwise we're going to have to lay people off. Like help me figure out where can I take a million and a half out of this business yep. without, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, and so these types of questions are given to management consultants um, to solve. So yeah, that is sort of management consulting at the highest level. Would you say that like one of the other, sort of aspects of play him and we're not going to sort of spend a whole session on right on just the sort of ins and outs of the the role um in a traditional sense but just to to go down this this path one one step further is it because also that you know a line manager or b sort of you know individual contributor in a you know in a company like a coca-cola of the world they obviously don't have the perspective across multiple functions involved in a problem mm -hmm. right and the people that do the you know the leadership don't have the time in their day to go deep in every problem that comes up in a business, right? You know, leaders would probably do a style of management consulting analysis, but they can't do that for everything. Mm. So the people that have the exposure don't have the bandwidth, and the people that don't have the exposure can't do the analysis. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Like, obviously, the the whole <laughs> the whole you know, why is there a market for management consulting, and why can't these companies do it themselves internally? Like it's an interesting topic. I used to work for one. Um, I didn't work for them, but I worked closely with this this company. Yeah. Um, where they actually they looked at how much money they were spending on management consulting, and it was just like an eye watering figure. Um, like we're talking like tens of millions of dollars. I mean, they're a big company, and they were just like, "This is ridiculous." Like we know they're going to put a 
you know, 50 point margin on this number. Yeah. Um, okay, for whatever reason, we need some of these skills. And then they actually built an internal consulting hmm. team uh, made of ex-management consultants uh, to do it themselves. And so, like, there's a range of reasons why, like you said... Um, do they use a consultant kind of, to work that out? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Know, hey, we're spending too much on consultants. Yeah. Uh, we you, need to get someone in and analyze yeah, take, it. Can you, can, yeah, exactly. Put can a plan in. Place. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> uh, so we can stop spending so much money with you. Um, that's a real asset test of, are you really like committed to solving these hard problems? Correct. Yeah. Um, that's quite funny. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 that was a good, good interruption. Um, like, I think there is merit in someone being able to zoom out and like be cross-functional, like to have views, maybe to not be emotionally like entangled, right? Mm. Like if I'm mm. in charge of the warehouse, do I really want to say, hey, it's my team, that shit. And like, we really need to get this new computer system so I can lay a third of my team off. Like, I'm not suggesting, right. you know, in that weird hypothetical that I had before that that would be the answer. But like, let's just say the the core problems sat within something that they screwed up or that they weren't on top of, uh, and then had to propose a solution that made them look shit. Like, um, yeah, no, humans aren't humans aren't typically good at that. So I think for those reasons. And then like, I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much, but like if you take like government and some larger organizations, they tend to be motivated by risk um, adverseness. And so then, yeah. you know, if an external company told me, you know, this is our problem and what it is that we need to do, when they then deliver that plan, um, they can just be like, oh, well, McKinsey, told us to do that or like pwc did some analysis and they recommend why like it kind of gets them off the hook yeah. if it if it doesn't work out but look the, the reason why we're going down this like rabbit hole of management consulting is that there are some core elements that are required to be great as a management consultant that i found work exceptionally well within a startup um and so like we've got um, you know, someone recently joined the team, shout out to Jackie, um, ex management consulting and like, he's just hit the ground running and like really making an impact quickly. And I can tell that there are some of his management consulting chops like in his DNA that's helping him be really successful in his first four weeks. And I've seen that at play with others as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think this would be an interesting topic to just explore. Like, what is it that's great about the skills of management consulting? Um, you know, certainly if you've got that background or even if you're like early and you're like, oh, actually, I don't know if I want to go down the partner of, down the path of being a partner and like, you know, because management consulting is hard, by the way. It's like, you know, classic, like 100-hour weeks, hours, yeah. you know, on on planes, um, you know, three, four days uh, a week is not uncommon. And, and not massive salaries early on either. No, not, yeah, I mean, they're paid well. Like, yeah, relative it, to other roles, yes. Yes, but. yes, but... Um, it depends what massive salary is like. Yeah, <laughs> certainly no private equity or investment banking um, salary. But yeah, like um, someone may be early in their journey and go, actually, do you know what? Like this is not for me. Then like we would, I would say like, a startups are a great place for you. Um, you know, but b like the skills that you've learned are going to be like really, really applicable here. Right. It's not like walk into this environment, which you know looks and feels different to the, the company you were in. And the clients you're working for, it's so right. different to that. Scrap everything you know. Right. What you're saying is like actually, a lot of that is gold in our yes. environment, and and that's that's where I really want to sort of anchor the rest of this conversation. Yes. On. Um, let's talk about some of these mm. sort of skills and and you know ways of thinking um, as a management consultant and why then they play nicely mm. in this very different environment. Yeah. So this topic came up just like randomly, I think an hour ago. Yeah. I was like, Hey, Kai, I haven't seen you for a while yeah. since you've been on holidays let's go grab a coffee and lunch and we're just chit-chatting about various things and I was like um actually management consulting is really great and I was like for these three reasons so 
Kai's like, well, remember it. Like, yep. we'll put it on the potty. So um, I think these are the three things that management consultants learn to do really, really well. And I, I specifically use the word learn because these are learned skills mm. um, and you can learn how to be really great at these three. So these three are one, complex problem solving, uh, two, outstanding project management um, like for that plan and then three would be executive communication and these three skills um, are what management consultants are really good at and um, yeah happy to unpack I'm happy to unpack these three so let's let's start with number one yeah um, and on the problem solving mm. problem analysis piece um, th- th- those those are the two components right you can jump to solving a problem you also want to make sure you have a good shape and, and size and hold of that problem. Um, so it's actually sometimes a step that people completely miss completely. So let's, let's start with actually, you know, what that, what that might look like if you, you have a client and you've got a problem to solve. Mm. Um, how do you go about defining that problem, doing that analysis right? What are some of the, the mm. skills and tools they use? Um, so there's a great book called uh, Bulletproof Problem Solving. I highly recommend it. It's basically a summary of McKinsey's uh, problem solving process. There's also a 40-minute podcast episode on McKinsey where they summarize the uh, the bulletproof problem-solving process. Um, and it aligns pretty close to my favorite five-step process from Ray Dalio. I think the good thing with the seven-step bulletproof problem-solving, it adds a little bit more detail, I suppose, into the how um, where, as, a, as opposed to the five-step process. Um, but like essentially, it's they spend a lot of time defining the problem um, clearly. So... Um, and, and that's getting a lot of like evidence and scooping up like what's actually going on here. Like, so you know, sort of back to that hypothetical Japan thing, like, you know, you're literally just looking at it from all angles and then you're clearly defining the, the problem. Um, and that's actually like pretty hard, like actually just defining the problem and, and, and how it would be solved. It sounds simple, but, um, that, that could actually take a bit of meaty time to just be able to do that. Um, the second step is like you start pulling apart the problem and you sort of break it down into sort of like a logic tree. You sort of start breaking down into, okay, revenue's declining. Okay, why is that? Okay, because we've got less, you know, products or like this has happened or we've increased our prices and you sort of break down all the sub reasons. Um, and then you can't do all the, all the reasons, right? Um, and so then you start like pruning that, logic tree and you start thinking about okay which ones would have the greatest impact um, which ones would be some of these 80 20 um, elements then you basically come up with a plan um, and you kind of synthesize that plan you figure out who needs to do what and then you have a way of communicating it internally um, and with exec so that's all sort of part of that seven step process Um, but I think that breaking down a problem sort of is, is both an analytical skill. It also requires a good amount of creativity, sort of good smarts. Um, sometimes like a complex problem, you can kind of get a one to two hour hypothesis on it, like in terms of what are the core root things going on here and, and, and sort of its sub sub like knock-on effects. You know, other times it may take you a couple of days. Like, um, yeah, certainly shouldn't take weeks and weeks on end, but yeah, it's not unusual for a really, really complex problem to take, you know, multiple days. And the reason you want to spend time there is you just don't want to rush to, oh, like we just need to hire more people in the warehouse, right? And yeah. so a lot of people sort of see the complex problem and then just sort of intuitively go with maybe how they feel or like a couple of opinions they heard. And then like the, the knock-on effect of just like implementing something quickly without 
getting to the root cause. You know, it's just a lot of wasted effort over the next, you know, six to 12 months. So spend the extra hour, spend the extra couple of days. Yeah. Um, and it's hard, like human emotions, like, oh God, like we want to like just start working on the problem, right? Um, but actually like breaking that down. So that that problem solving element, that complex problem solving and, and building a plan, that's that's like the rock star skill that management consultants learn and do really well. Tell us about number two. Um, so this is like, now you've come up with the plan. Um Management consultants don't always run point. Like a company may just say, thanks for the 70-page PowerPoint. You know, here's your half a million dollars and like we'll implement the plan ourselves. But like quite often they're on point to like, let's let's get this thing going. Let's yeah. try to move the needle on whatever it is that we're here to solve. Um, and so therefore, not only do you have to sort of just be a complex problem solver in um, isolation, you're going to actually have to see this thing through. And so you, you just got to figure out, okay, how do we get different stakeholders together? How do we do change management? Like, how do we get buy-in from this team that, you know, have done it this way? Now they need to do it, you know, the new way. Um, and like, how do we just push this project through to completion? Um, and that's a really hard skill, both just sort of organizing and building a plan, but actually kind of just sort of herding all the cats to, to get the outcome. Yeah. And maybe just um, to spend a little bit more on that, some example, you know, if, it, if it's not seven-step problem-solving, you know, in this, in this section, like what are some of the tools or ways of thinking that you often see management consultants having in their back pocket mm. in this kind of stage? Mm. Um, good question. Probably some of the best stuff that I've seen is sort of good classic lean project management together with like change management. Right. Because like ultimately if you're, implementing any kind of project or you're you know doing something to solve a problem at the root of the solution is change Mm. you need someone to either change a process like change a culture um, implement some new bit of software um, do something differently or you're changing like org structure or like role like there is going to be something that changes (laughs) and humans by default hate change like the brain hates change, humans hate change. And so you can have like the world's best plan, but if you don't run good change management where this team are like, oh, okay, this is like orientated. Hey, remember how you have this like pain in the ass thing every day? You remember how you can, like come to the warehouse and like this thing's always like that and you're da-da-da-da. Like, well, that all like contributes to this bigger problem and maybe you get their buy-in to the problem. You run a bit of a workshop and a scoop up to hear about like their problems. And then you make sure you can like implement that into the plan. Well, hey, remember how you told us all of this and like all these problems and like the companies, some of this, well, like we thought about it and this is what we're like, you know, doing. And like, it means we're going to need to do this and I'm going to need this from you and sort of get the buy-in and the commitment and then sort of run the change around it. So I think that's probably one of the things that management consultants learn to do well um, other than just, because most people can kind of build a plan and a project and just like whip people to do things. But can you motivate humans to want to drive that change? And then one last question on this this piece here. How do management consultants think about constraints mm. in a way that people that haven't done that work before sometimes mm. don't? I mean, I'll get to the uh, the flip side of where management consulting, um, where they where they fail in a startup, um, and whether and I would say this is probably the biggest area because interesting they tend to work with I mean like management consultants are not cheap right so I mean I don't know off the top of my head but they probably wouldn't roll out of bed for less than you know a couple hundred grand in a project typically and so they tend to be solving medium to large company 
you know, problems. Yeah. And so, yes, there are constraints, but they're not the type of constraints that are in a 20-person team or a 50 or a 200-person team. So we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, okay, well, and then there's this third point. It's like, okay, you've, you've bundled this up. You know, you've got um, all these, these great artifacts you've, you know, you've created and uh, meetings you've, you know, you've hosted and change you've managed. How do you then communicate with that client like and, mm. and, and this third point around that skill pyramid principle pyramid principle pyramid principle okay. if in doubt pyramid principle do do a 30 second version of this answer not using pyramid principles i'm oh, not using pyramid and then principle. A 30 second answer using it so we can actually see it in oh, lifetime shit. In use. like you're trying to get me to this is oh, not a man not a, gotta get some value out of these <laughs> questions all right so this is the non-pyramid principle definition of pyramid principles so let me tell you a story. Okay, so where are we at with this project? Um, well, we first realized that we had a problem with our customers not using this particular part of our product. And, you know, then I went to Johnny and his team and we went through the support tickets and, you know, we took a look at what are the top, you know, five reasons that people would um, potentially lodge a support ticket with us. And then we categorized them and it looked like that, you know, widget, you know, widget C and widget D were the major reasons why. And then we spoke to some customers about, you know, widget D and, you know, what would they like to see differently? And then we kind of went through some emails and yeah, look, long story short, um, most people don't really need widget D anymore. And like, I think, yeah, like widget C, um, we should probably, you know, do more of, but yeah, like effectively people aren't really using the product because they bought it for like widget D, but they kind of really want more widget C. And so like, I think what we should do is, you know, um, build these two features to make widget C better because that will be better for our product usage. <laughs> I think I followed. <laughs> okay, now let's try again, but using pyramid principles. Right. And, then you can and out of interest, it was hard to kind of do a hypothetical yeah, of a yeah. non-pyramid yes. principle, but what, what, what did you take away from like that sort of communication path that I just did there? Well, it was a timeline. Yes. And that was you going back to the start of the project yes. and all the steps you took to sound like you were busy and to sound like you'd done great work and right. they all sounded like super smart things to do, you know, categorizing those tickets and right. speaking to those customers, you know, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Right. But I was seeking right. that what's dropped out of all of that. Yeah, right? what's your brain thinking while I'm going on that that's, journey? That's what I was trying to find. I actually wasn't listening to half that because I was like, yeah, but what's the punchline? <laughs> yeah, you're kind of going, well, like, where's the, where the fuck's this going? Like, he's like what's gold, going on he's here? He's gold star. Right, Mr. Management Consultant, Mr. Management Consultant. I, I just want to have my answer. Right, and that's that's what we're going to get to now with a good yeah. example. I, you don't have to don't have to do the whole um, whole spiel if you don't want to. But if you want to give it a no, crack, let's, as, okay, let's give it a go. Okay, so like a pyramid principle. Um, like, so let's pretend you're an exec walking past my. Um, hey Johnny, you know, desk. Hey, that, how's that project going? How's that pro? Yeah, how's that project utilization going? Yeah. Oh, that was you asking me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this is still widget D, widget C. Let's let's take the exact same example. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so th thanks for asking, Kai. We found that if we get three engineers for 200 grand to build a couple of features, we reckon we can increase the product usage by about a third and we can probably get that done by June. Huh. But there are some trade-offs that we need to discuss. How have you sort of come up? to that decision making. Yeah, so essentially, and so either the person may ask a question and they, they may just go, okay, that's fine. That's all I need right. to know. And then move Tick. on, right? <laughs> um, 
or they may yeah dig dig a bit deeper and or if there's if you've got time then yeah you always start with that kind of yeah. basically end punchline yeah and then you would go yeah well what we found was actually like there's a big core part of our product like in widget C um, that most people signed up for and they thought they wanted that but actually that's not what they're using and we did a bunch of analysis on oh, you got that data support tickets yeah. and yeah like if we can send you some more info that there's some interesting like um, outputs there but effectively what we need to do is focus on widget D which we haven't been focusing that much on and I reckon it's going to take us this kind of engineering support like over the next X amount of months um, but if we put that effort in then you know we will be able to save 3 million bucks of revenue and maybe increase that you know to, to 4 over the next 2 years interesting great one one thing I noticed just in it literally how my brain was working as that communication came to me was you gave me the answer that I was hoping for. And the next thing on my mind was like, oh, but why is that? Right. And that's what you were straight into. Yes. Whereas it's actually the complete opposite, right? It's literally, that's why they call it pyramid. It's like, yeah. Norm, yeah, normally you start at the bottom of the pyramid and you work your way up to the top with the synthesized punchline at the top. Yeah. But pyramid communication principle is you start with the tiny slither of the top of the pyramid, yeah. which basically summarizes everything that's going on underneath. Yeah. And then allow the person if they want they can keep digging like all your stuff's there right like all the content's there and you know it all but yeah you don't start like with a timeline and you don't start at the bottom and and just just one quick note on this and we'll move on but it's also actually it's how good journalism and good pr works too right right like that same kind of concept yes get people to the head i mean i would just say like this is really unnatural um Mm. to the human brain for whatever reason um and so you just have to force yourself like to get good at and like catch yourself when you're going down like the timeline and, and telling the man, I love a backstory as good as anyone else. Once upon a time, um, yeah. 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 Like, and you sort of just have to go, okay, how do I like just start with the punchline um, and then kind of work backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And probably uh, would I be correct in saying that there's also just like a, a weight placed on execs time as a management consultant yeah correct i mean like ultimately like the more like management consultants will be spending most of their time with cfos and ceos sometimes boards you know certainly very senior folks um and you know the more senior you become basically like the more spinning plates you have and the more the the more projects and the more things that you're across yeah and you just you like it is literally impossible to get to the depth like think of like your responsibility as you know a hundred pyramids like it's impossible for you to go to the ground on each one of those, right? And so you're kind of just going high level what's going on, high level what's going on, high level what's going on. Now, if something's like red, you know, something's like really off track or it sounds like that person's not like on top of it or that team's not on top of it. Okay, well, then that's when you come in and you may go deep, you know, on that thing um, and, and you know, provide the right support and guidance and whatever it may be. But you can't go deep on everything and you certainly don't want to start, you know, from the bottom. Um, you yeah. want to start with those high level summaries, yeah. And that's something that more often than not, management consultants have had to do. Exactly. They're, yeah. they're just forced to be good at it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they may come in. I mean, there's a really great, <laughs> there's a really, really great story in Clay Christensen's book, you know, the, the godfather of um, jobs to be done and, and crossing the chasm. And, you know, like, you know, he's, you know, he's just an outstanding uh, thinker of our time. And, um, you know, he inspired um, Steve Jobs with a bunch of stuff mm. and like Intel, like when they were at a, at a, at a crisis going from, from memory to CPUs and stuff. And um, he just re- written his first book, I think it was, it was Crossing the Chasm. I think it might be. Anyways, um, Andy Grove, the CEO of Intel was like, hey, like come up and give us a bit of a summary to my execs, like about, you know, your book. Um, and he prepared a flight up. 
I think they'd said an hour and a half, like for the CEO and their execs. Now it wasn't quite a management consulting engagement, but this would be a pretty common scenario, right? Yeah. And they got there and um, Andy, the CEO is like, oh, sorry, we've got a bit of a crisis. Like I've got 10 minutes for you. Can you just like synthesize it right now? <laughs> like in, the, in the, like, the lobby of the building and he like flew all the way there, had all the like presentations and had all the stories. And so then like on the fly, he was like, how do I synthesize in 10 minutes? Now he had a really good story that um, like it was, an, it was an example of a story. We're now getting way off track, but like it's, it's an interesting, like, but my point is like he was ready, like on the spot yeah. to do that five, 10 minute summary, which had then Andy go, oh, I get it. Like now let's do a deeper workshop. Like let's do this like follow up and what have you. Um, and so I think management consultants are, are frequently in a situation where, you know, they'll get pulled into a CFO and they're like, hey, I'm sorry, now we've got an hour to discuss this thing. So they'll just be exposed to those types of timelines um, and they're just exposed to, you know, how they, how, how they need to operate at that level. So yeah, you become, in summary, those three points become a weapon at problem solving, that bulletproof problem solving. You become a weapon at, leading change management and you have gone through the fire (laughs) of what it takes to communicate well to execs, which is, you know, pyramid principle. And I, frankly, I think pyramid principle should just be used for everyone. Yeah. So look, lots of, (laughs) lots of pluses uh, as management consultants uh, coming into lots of different environments, particularly startups. Yeah. Um, Where do they fall short? Where, where do they need to look out for in these, in these sort of uh, roles? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, when I when I realized how great management consulting is as a skill, I was like, this is it. Like we just need to hire more management right, consultants right. internally. And yeah. we had a couple of folks that weren't as successful. And so then I was like, okay, it's not as simple as just these three skills. Um, yeah, some of that is like probably the biggest one that stands out is, you know, overcooking it, right? So overcooking a plan, um, spend like for something that you could maybe spend an hour on getting to root cause and good enough and like ship it relative to everything else. They're kind of like, no, let me stick to the process. Like I've got my thing, like let me go do seven interviews. And it's like, no, that's a great process, but sometimes you don't have to stick religiously yeah. to the frameworks. You kind of want to They're synthesize, tall. yeah, like synthesize everything that, you, that, that you've got um, relative to the, the our situation and our priorities, et cetera. So yeah, like my biggest thing has probably just been like overcooking. Um, and then the third one's really just like aligned to like our values, you know, which are pretty similar to a lot of other startups around, um, you know, wanting to, 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 to move quickly and iterate. Like that's probably like, you know, the big thing, but like there's some specific values around like ambition and growth mindset and stuff like that, you know, which um, may get them tripped up in our scenario. But I would say having it cooked just right and iterating is tends not to be part of the management consulting thinking. Um, and so, yeah, like for us, you know, if the three things that, management consultants do well, like problem solving project and exec comms um, for them to do well here is they bring those three skills. So they think like a management consultant, um, but then they cook things just right and, you know, aligned with our values. Okay, great. Do I now need to go and get a job in a consulting firm right. to get these skills and then come back? So this is something that I'm thinking a lot about, um, you know, internally, I'll give an example. Like we had a bit of a, a bit of a surprise, um, like in our sort of product usage customer base that um, we were like, oh, we weren't expecting that um, a week or two ago. And normally I, at glance, you'd probably just knee jerk and go, oh, let's just do ABC, right? Um, but we purposely as a leadership team, you know, went through the five, you know, slash seven step process and 
we spent over like four hours getting to like root cause like analysis um, mm. and like kind of building a plan. And what I've learned is that A, it's a skill that can be learned, <clears throat> but B, like, like everyone should get good at it internally. And so uh, the, the short answer is no, you don't need to go to a management consulting firm to learn this. Um, and obviously there's a whole bunch of content that you can boot yourself up on, like bulletproof problem solving and um, five-step process and, and you know there's obviously like change management 101 and pyramid principle like we talked about but i think like knowing some of these concepts and actually just start like applying it with all your mini like challenges and those challenges could even just be like what do i need to get done today this week like right. relative for me to be successful in my role you can apply these same processes like you can think like a management consultant and you being successful in your own role like think of yourself as a little company yeah. um or even in your team and encouraging this and certainly if there's folks in the organization that are good at this stuff already, then building on those skills, etc. The final thing that I'll share with you, this is like a real secret weapon if you Ooh. want to put in the effort. And that would be to get a job at a management consultant firm is is really, really tough. Like I reckon, I don't know the numbers, my guess is for every thousand people that they um, interview, like all that apply, they probably pick like 2%. Mm. Um, 20 people. Yeah, it's... it. it like it's, it's very, very hard to get a job at McKinsey. Um, and their interview process is, is like, it's, it's hardcore. Like they will, they will give you like problems on the fly um, that you have, they will basically test whether you can do this stuff in real time in the interview and then maybe give you a spreadsheet. Like if there's some like financial analysis that's required as well or, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Now what's cool is there are a bunch of websites that teach you how to pass the interview at um, McKinsey, um, you know, and Bain and Co, etc. And even Bain on their website have this is what it's like to get an interview here. And like here, they call them case studies. Like here are some mock-up case studies. I would say if you spent ten hours practicing that you're going to get a job at McKinsey, it will transform the way that you become a problem solver, project manager, and an exec communicator. And like you will, you will go on, a, on you you will rocket boost your startup career better than anything else. Hey, Chat GPT, you are a McKinsey interviewer. Uh, you know? Did you just do that? No, okay, no. But let us know how you go, and and let's let's run it out there by yeah. by um, throwing it out to you, and and saying, hey, you've got this, you've got this far. Mm. You, you know, you're excited. Maybe you are a management consultant. You can see that actually there is a world for me in the small, scrappy startup land. Um, yeah or maybe you're interested in startups but want to have those sort of skills as well, um, let us know if it resonated. Like, you know, shoot, shoot me a message, Kai Lovell on LinkedIn. Um, you know, let us know what was useful. Um, we, we really enjoy hearing from from people and it, it makes these episodes better. Um, Mike, any final thoughts from you? No, that's it. Management consulting is great. Uh, it's all about problem solving. It's all about um, rallying teams around a plan and communicating it really well. Magic. See you next time. Woo. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Startup Jobs. Uh, if something resonated with you in today's episode, please spread the love uh, and share it with someone in your network who might get something from it. Um, and while you're there, please leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us out in spreading the show, uh, getting it into the ears of new people uh, wanting to get into startup jobs. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.